welcome back to another episode of Sober Black Girls Club Podcast. Yes, it is your host, Jay Nicole <laughs> and me. We are back. Like, we are really actually here. We're back to uh, to talk to you guys. What's going on? Hope y'all doing all right. Uh, Katie, what's up? How you doing? Yo, it's been forever. Um, and it is what it is. Like, <laughs> it's what it is. It's been forever. And it is what it is. Jay and I decided that we're going to be doing monthly shows until we feel like doing more. But right now, you know, we're all about pivoting and surrendering to the season that we're in. And right now, also for myself, I'm in the season of doing less. <laughs> I'm being for real um and nourishing myself and um especially like we're in like the last quarter of the year there's just so much self things that I need to do so much honing in and reestablishing habits and routines and um yeah and yeah so yeah I asked Jay if we can decrease these shows to a month and she agreed and I'm grateful um partnership teamwork so yeah we're gonna start using these shows once um a month i'm gonna try to get this show out before september which is which starts on friday so i'm gonna try i mean yeah i'm gonna get this out either to, let me not lie not tonight tomorrow um i'll get this episode out but yeah we're just gonna start doing um once a month i'm doing well i am bloated um for anyone who cares <laughs> i don't know if that's tmi um we've been working really really hard on our retreat trying to get that together um, I'm really, really excited. It's happening. Um, honestly, in less than a month. That's because it's a lot. It's a lot that's going on. But right now, I guess like my main focus is making sure that we have like the best second annual retreat um, that's happening in Cali in like less than a month. Um, what's up with you? I was getting ready to say, where is where is that retreat at this year? And I was like, I think I remember you saying that it was going to be in Cali. I was like, ooh man, last year I really wanted to go, and that was actually doable like super doable but <laughs> before you super be a parent yeah yeah she was born my daughter's birthday the 24th what was the date of the retreat last year it was like somewhere it was somewhere close like it was close to that girl you don't have a, a memory of a rock but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it was close to that point but um yeah i know you guys had a good time so other than that katie listen i'm i'm doing all right i'm hanging in there like i just said my daughter is going to be almost a year and she's 11 months already, which is crazy. That time is flying. So we got her birthday party on my hands and her crawling and walking and all that stuff like that. And so that's really just pretty she's much. Walking. She, she's standing and taking steps. She can walk with a walk, like with one of those little, um, like push things, uh, like a push, not a walker, but anyway. Yeah. A walker. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's like, it's so funny how, it's so funny how. Similar babies and elderly people. Exactly. Like, she's walking and like shaking, and it's just funny. It's like a drunk old lady. Um, but yeah, so other than that, everything is good on my end. Just just keeping going, pushing. Work's been crazy, all that stuff. But yeah, I've missed I've missed Sober Black Girls Club podcast. So I'm glad that we're able to sit down and chat. And I think we got a good conversation for for everybody. So you want to bring us into the topic of the month. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and before I start that, I just want to say, so I am, like, kind of done with, like, the Real Housewives franchise. Like, I think it started when I was in high school. I'm over that. I know. Jay's like, where is this going? I'm not like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm kind of over it, to be honest. Uh, but I do 
catch clips online like on social media and yesterday i just saw something so disgusting and it's important to me that when i talk about a certain thing that really grosses me out or makes me upset i don't try to i guess like tarnish or just like uh or forget about the good that this person has done and just focus totally on this like one negative aspect so i'm not trying to i guess like diminish everything else everything positive this person has done but candy really pissed me off like she's from the real housewives of atlanta i don't know if you know so she has like an after show right so after she has like a side show that she does on youtube and clearly the clips have been removed because there was so much backlash but during the show she was talking about another castmate's sister who is experiencing or experiences mental some type of mental illness. I'm not too sure what, because I don't watch the show. And on the show, Candy, or her guest, I'm not too sure which one said it, but they were basically co-signing each other. So it was looks like they were all in agreement. Basically talking in a way about, about the, the cast member's sister, about her mental illness, saying something to the effect of, like, well, honestly, she doesn't look like she has a mental illness. And in 2023, that truly enrages me, especially with a platform like hers. And she she, she clearly removed it because when I tell you her comments, like, what the F does mental illness look like? With all that money that you have, buy yourself some fucking education and knowledge. And the reason why I'm so annoyed because i feel like with her platform like with her platform parents can be and her platform and her demographic of of parents older folks can be watching that their kids can be going to them saying like listen i'm experiencing this and that and they're like well you don't look like you have that and you know what i mean or or even a person itself like a young person themselves experiencing something now saying well you know what maybe i'm fine because i don't look like this and i just feel like we're in 2023 like candy i'm so disappointed like my god brain cells on the floor like why are you speaking like that in 2023 with all this No, that's 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 extremely reckless. I didn't I didn't watch the clips or hear it, so I can't really contribute to that specifically. But I think that's a like you said, it's a very dangerous thing to actually even say. And on top of that, it's just stupid because I, I just can't. I don't even know what that actually really looks like. I just watched a movie last night. It's a good movie too. It was on Amazon Prime. It's called Breaking. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was it was about a guy who was a veteran. And he was just he 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 had some mental mental health um issues, but he went off his medication or whatever. But he was upset all because they didn't give him his money, like from the VA. So he just went into oh, the, I seen it. I definitely seen it. Yeah, yes. went into the bank. But that's a great movie because he was being so nice to those ladies, the hostages, and so it's like he looks like the average gentleman but what he's going through and it was just like so it's crazy that you're talking about that because i just watched that last night and it just broke my heart because it was a true story that that happened you know i'm so i'm just my heart like shattered so i just like expected so much more from candy but it just shows like no much how no matter how much money you have, no matter no matter how much resources you have, if you do not make the effort to really get to understand the people around you and to really increase the knowledge 
um, and really get into community, then none of that stuff matters. You know, you're, you're going to just be so, so superficial. Everything is going to be so superficial. You're going to look like you're trying to help community. You, you know, you might have money and be donating, but honestly, empathy and knowledge uh, cannot be bought. Well, knowledge, well, education can be bought. I don't think knowledge can be bought. I think that has to come from a true want and need to understand and i guess that somewhat leads to our topic of again in our community that i feel like i even having this conversation i feel like this is so outdated but hearing candy say what she said on that show and let me just say allegedly right as an attorney let me say allegedly because i can't remember if it was candy or her host but she didn't correct her host like i mean or her guest excuse me i can't remember if it was candy or her guest who said it but they both were alluding to the fact that um, Drew's sister did not look like she had a mental illness. And that is just dangerous. Either making a statement or alluding to it is dangerous either or, right? So, but let me just put the allegedly out there. <laughs> right, anyways, moving forward. So another like outdated mindset that I feel like our community has is this idea that we can pray mental illness or addiction away. And... Um, <laughs> child like let me first and foremost say i am all about prayer like as a person who was born into islam as a spiritual person now who i'm not a practicing muslim i'm not a practice i wouldn't say and i felt really bad just saying that but i'm not really a practice like i don't pray five times a day um anymore do i fast during ramadan yes do i go to the mosque during holidays Yes, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't call myself a practicing. I don't want anyone to hear my parents to hear this and just fly over to where I'm smacking shit out of me. But I, really, I don't really, you know, I say prayers. But anyways, that's no hair down there. Same topic. So, as a person who grew up in Islam, as now a spiritual person who's all about you hear me talk about astrology and manifestations and praying, yes, and talking to the moons and and doing rituals. I know the power of words. I truly do. You know, even coming from the Yoruba tribe, where our ancestors used words to um, to heal and to grow and to overcome. Trust me, I understand the, the power of words and prayer. I still don't think that you can pray addiction or mental illness away. I do truly believe that we need to incorporate action and professional services when we are encountering or experiencing difficulties with our recovery and sobriety um, and and mental health. Um, for me, I know in the beginning of my addiction, I was really resentful and annoyed and mad because I just didn't understand why God was doing this to me. I didn't understand why God would allow me to have an addiction because I truly at that time and i do now too but i i've shared this in the past my addiction made me kind of sever my relationship with god because i was just truly upset and mad and i just couldn't understand how like why would he and in my head god was a he at that time would allow me to um end up in this position and because of my upbringings and the teachings, it made me not really want to fight for myself. It made me feel like, well, if this is in my story, this is my destiny, then let it be. You know, let it, let it well, like, well, let it be. There's nothing I can do. You know, I was praying. I was 
yeah, praying. I was praying, like, you know, five times a day, like how you see Muslims pray, but also, like, talking to God, too. And I remember I was I was meeting my prayers on time, which usually I wouldn't, but I was such in a desperate time. <laughs> that, like, you know, the five times, like, the prayers that, that coordinate with the sun? Like, I was literally on it, like, on it, on it, on it. And when I didn't see, like, my addiction really getting better, I just stopped. And I blamed God for it. Now I know that really, girl what I was experiencing was a physical manifestation and and regardless of my belief in organized religion, regardless of my belief in spirituality or religion, I had to accept that what I was experiencing was something physical manifesting in my body that required treatment, required support from professionals. Um, and by getting treatment, by be- getting the uh, you know help from professionals, I was able to return or reassess my relationship with God and spirituality and organized religion. And it helped me see in a better light, like, no, God didn't turn um, their back on me. Um, this is just a part of my, my story. This is just one of many challenges that a number of people go through. So that's my experience with the whole, like, Create away, but even my parents, like every time, oh my god, just don't get me started. I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna give you a floor because even to the to, to, till today, I can tell my parents something. Pray, okay. Now, what what else after that? Like, what's next after praying? Can you come up with some solutions? And if and when I be when or if or when if or when when or if whatever I become a parent. I think it's so important. I just feel like it's so important to one. I understand the reason behind religion and spirituality. I feel like everyone needs something to believe in. But I feel like where we're missing the puzzle is that I feel like we're missing like being creative and and, and creating solutions. Um, I just feel like we. I just feel like we're. we're I don't know. You know, what, I'm like, I'm gonna give you the floor and I'm gonna think about it. Yeah, I'm gonna give you the floor. All right, Jay. <laughs> nah, you don't gotta give me the floor. I mean, you just gotta you just gotta flow with it and whatever you you feel. But I definitely agree. I think I was definitely raised in in community of Christianity, and my mom is an ordained minister. She I think she's actually a pastor. She doesn't currently have a church right now, but um, you know, so a lot of things that I saw across the board, just with how you deal with life, is most certainly. By, by praying and things like that. But prayer is actually one of my strongest strongest assets about me. I remember going to like Bible study when I was like seven. And like, this is like where Bible study was like in front of the whole church. And I would like stand up and, and just be like, I want to pray. And I would just be praying. So I'm a big, big, big prayer warrior and prayer advocate. I believe it definitely moves things. But I also think that, and I'll, this is a scripture as well, that faith without works is dead. So to have the faith that something is going to change in your life, but not actually take the action is just ludicrous. And I think that when people think that you could just pray and that's it, I also believe that to whom much is given, much is required. Like, so I can go on and on. There are so many things that say that these things can become blessings. These things can happen for you, but you also have to play a part in it. What I will say is I think where prayer can become more crucial and and more beneficial is what you're praying for. So, for example, like when I was praying, I was trying to stay sober and go through those things. It was like, God, you know, I just pray for the discipline. I pray for the discipline. I I, I just pray for the support. I just pray for 
the longevity, like things like that. So it wasn't so much to say. And I had, I did say I prayed for this desire for like this feeling, this appetite to change for me. But you can't do that and then just like still be drinking or like don't change your situation. But I also think that the one of the reasons why I think, and I could be wrong, I just want to go out on a limb and say this. I think some of the reasons that people say to pray like mental health and addiction and things is because they also believe that it's, that it's demonic, that it's like a demon in that sense. So I have heard that. I'm not saying this is my belief, but I've heard that. So if you're trying to pray with any other demonic spirit or something like that over you, generational curse, whatever it is, then you're praying for that thing to be dead in your life. So I do think that you, that you're specific, um, the specificality, I don't know how to say that right now, um, of the prayer is important and the reason why people are saying that, but things are real in terms of your mental health and medically. And you, if you were ill and you had cancer per se, you should probably try to try to go and get chemotherapy or radiation if you're qualified for that. And you do have to pray in tandem. So I think it's just a, a, a thing that you have to do in tandem. But some people just believe that that prayer is all without any works. And I, and I'm, I don't subscribe to that. Oh, you said a mouthful. Is that, is that a mouthful? I said I was a preacher's child. Now. <laughs> now, I'm like, you better close this episode out with a prayer. I really think you should. I because no, I truly do believe in prayer, but I just feel like there's so many. You know, especially in the beginning, as we just see, I used to receive so many emails from moms, grandmas. I mean, it was really grandmas <laughs> telling me about their child, and it's like, can you just talk to them? I can talk to them, but they need help. They need yeah. <laughs> they need yeah. professional. How going to church? You know, we go to church. We're, we're a church um, attending family. Okay, that's not. They need more than that. Clearly, that's not just working. And and especially trying to be respectful and just be being new to the recovery space, not knowing any much myself, but just knowing that going to church alone isn't going to help. I used to feel stuck between a hard place. Like I f used to feel so bad for the granddaughters. But at the same time, understanding that, like, I don't know if I'm the person to change this grandma's mind. I don't think it's going to be enough. Um, so, yeah, you said, a, you said a lot. I'm just like, I kind of want you to keep on talking. <laughs> no. I got you. I mean, no, thank you for that. But I think, too, like, something that, that also just came to mind in that regard is that when you, if you're just saying like, hey, you know, you want to pray and, and you want this thing to just kind of go away. So if, if you believe that you would just pray and this thing would just be addiction or um, mental illness would just like go away, then I think that you could also, it can be dangerous in the sense that you would think you would give that person who's dealing with it, if it's myself or yourself or whoever who has this addiction or mental illness, that then they have that weight to be able to, to, Sustain. So, like, let's say if you'd be like, oh, man, my, my prayer was answered and I don't drink anymore. I'm not using drugs anymore. And so the people in your life who believe that prayer is the only answer is like, oh, wow, like you've been delivered. You've been healed. There's there's nothing else here for us to do. But if you believe that this is a lifetime thing, that's kind of hard to have that conversation because now you're like, just kidding. Your God didn't actually heal me. 
because I still internally feel this way, but I can't say that and voice it because now am I speaking against what you believe is to be a blessing that I was healed and everything like that. So I do think that the power of prayer and God and your relationship and the proximity of that and how you apply that to your life helps you sustain on this journey because I do think that every single day, that's why it's one day at a time, you have to make that conscious choice to, to, to fight against any any desire that you have and any feeling that you have to use or that disease or the addiction or however you, you view it to, to stay on the right path. Just like with, with, with mental illness, because obviously having mental health issues and mental illness is two different things. So if you have a mental illness and you are, say, like medicated. I've seen a person firsthand that literally said to me that she wants to embrace her crazy. Now, at the time, I was kind of young, so, and I was, I was, <laughs> we were, <laughs> anyway, so that wasn't a good thing that you want to hear somebody saying, right? That, you know, you try to <laughs> go this way, and it's like, you're, you got to get yourself together. That's so dangerous, but it was also a part of the, it was also a, a spiritual thing where it was like, you know, God's got me, I'm good. Like, when I take this medication, I'm not myself, and all these things. And it's like, man, but we can't minimize that either because. I have, this is my own experience, saw this person on and off of the medication. People believing in medication is a whole other conversation and, and argument. I don't even want to get into that. That's your personal belief. But what I'm saying is that there are things that are put into place medically, spiritually, to aid us and assist us on this journey. I read a book about why bad things happen to good people. And it was talking about like like a lot of parents whose kids died young and different things. And them they're like, I, I can't believe in God. I just can't believe in it because of these things. And they're like, how can you continue to believe in a God in this world where all these bad things happen? And what the PS to the whole story was is that God is actually and your prayer and your faith life is just is the anchor to help you sustain. It's it's like it's like it's not to prevent the bad things. It's to help you have the strength to go through them because the weapon is going to form, but it's not going to prosper is what it says. So it never said that the weapon wasn't going to form. So whether that's mental health for you or addiction for you or whatever it is, you need that prayer or not. Let me not tell you what you need, but you could benefit from that prayer life. And God, I do believe moves mountains. My higher power does make things happen. But if I'm not in the posture or position to, to receive those things, and doing anything towards it myself, then I just don't see how that change, like, just happens. I don't know. Like, healing the blind, like, oh, and somebody who is like, well, I'm going to just pray and still get high and just hope that one day I stop feeling like getting high. That's kind of like, I don't know. I, can't, I don't know how I feel like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that. I mean, yeah, I don't think that's really like, well, I'm not going to say possible. I think it's really possible, but I don't think that's that's ordinary or routine or sustainable. Um, wow, I, I know people are going to listen to this episode. I hope people listen to this episode, especially people who are religious, who do pray and, and find their higher power in organized religion or religion or, you know, Islam, Christianity, I know that they're going to take something from this because it's it's so important. And it goes with like creativity. Even when you were talking about your prayer and the different ask, the different components of your prayer, like what to ask for. Are you asking to be sober or are you asking for the discipline? For the 
ability to overcome um, cravings, for the right people to be around you when you're experiencing difficulties. All those all those things are important. And that leads me back to like what I was saying before, the creativity of like the solutions that we, that we need to solve our problems. That's our prayers needs to be creative. Our solutions need to be creative. Our actions need to be creative. And I think, I think it's how we have, I know for me, it's how I've been raised and conditioned, not just by my family, but, society to just go with the flow and when things feel uncomfortable or when things feel wrong per se to to fight it and so instead of going with the flow and seeing what the change will bring like we're we're taught to hold on and to grasp to not let things develop like let's say if if, if i did feel like i was drinking too much right maybe on Friday, I can drink less. Instead, we feel like, no, you're fine. Just keep on drinking. It's not like you have an addiction. We're, we're taught to continue drinking until the addiction comes. Instead of, like, really sitting in the moment, addressing what is, and then creating a solution um, in that for that problem at that time. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just feel like creativity, I feel like, I feel like prayer, I feel like creativity, solution, solution makings actions um prayer i feel like they all kind of go hand in hand but it's not just like sitting down saying like i don't want to say hail mary no i don't want to to like come at me but i hail mary's i guess like fine but like getting creative like you know what i'm trying to say i don't know if people still say hail mary's like i went to a private school growing up we used to say hail mary's thou among women blessed the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us and Death, amen. Yeah, that was a Hail Mary. That was not the Hail Mary I said in fourth grade. Hail Mary, full of grace. Bless her. Now. No, Amen. I was Hail Mary, full of grace. How be the name? Shall kingdom come? Shall we be done? No, no, that's the Lord's prayer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not playing, Katie. You need to use this as a clip. That is funny. <laughs> saying the lord's prayer so you started saying hell Mary. so go ahead and finish what you were going to say about the prayer what is it it's hail mary full of grace i'll be thy name god and kingdom come god be them god i don't even remember this was like decades ago uh maybe there's a couple of versions but i know for me it was hail mary full of grace i'll be thy name god kingdom come god be done Follow our <laughs> so, so our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy yes. kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is heaven. Yes. Give us this day our daily bread. For those who trespass against yes. us, it's a temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. For oh, different prayer. That's the Lord's prayer. <laughs> that's our Father. It's called our Father. <laughs> Oh, uh, so wait, what's Hail Mary? I don't remember. Okay. Hail Mary, that's a that's a prayer that I learned in Catholic school. So again, I was in seventh grade, so I could be messing that up too. 
Okay, and by the way, I'm not laughing at these prayers. I'm no, no, come on, y'all. Like, Whoever's watching this, they gotta be laughing because this is funny. It's like Bible study. Going <laughs> I'm laughing at my recollection of these prayers. Yes, um, yes. But you could say those prayers too, right? Because like, you know, the Bible says creative and what you're asking for. And also, I wanted to say that, like, I feel like also when it comes to, I know for me, when it comes to, like, when I was in recovery and the whole, like, pray, like, just pray pray like you know for me it was like say alhamdulillah 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 say alfatiya alfatiya these are prayers in the islamic religion and how some people not necessarily my parents but some people in my family did try to make it seem like my addiction was punishment <laughs> and when you when i say it out loud it's like it's it sounds often crazy but i feel like that's what some religious something people do they try to make certain things feel demonic or as punishment meanwhile they're not living fully by their book whatever their book is the bible the quran the torah and it's really a lot of like religious manipulation religious harm um i'm trying not to get i'm not trying not to go on a rant and really figure out like what i want she said, but anyway, so when I like, you know, started entering recovery, it made me realize how much or how, yeah, how, honestly, like through my time in the Catholic school system for a number of years, through my time at the mosque, like I, you know, I grew up in a Pakistani mosque, through the time with my own family, who's like Nigerian Muslims, it made me realize this is kind of going off script, but it's kind of going off script, but it's kind of not. Anyways, it made me realize how, it made me realize that my addiction had nothing to do with, with religion, honestly. It made me realize that even people who practice religion can be horrible people, and that, and that addiction is not the, is not like the worst challenge that people face there's multiple challenges that people face in, in this life and i think that like life is full of challenges some challenges are more are harder than others but life is full of challenges and it is our path i guess i want to say to navigate these challenges and come up with solutions to overcome them so while some of my family members made it seem that like my addiction was um you know, I'm going to stop right there because I'm getting too personal. Because I really want to say, like, okay, yes, I have an addiction, but, like, you have, like, four baby daddies, but maybe, okay, maybe I should say that. I'm like, let me, I'm, like, trying to, like, not get too personal, but also get too personal. I say that to say that if you do come from or live with or, you know, grew up in a religious community, I do not believe addiction is punishment. I think that addiction helps us navigate um, the values that we want to practice, helps us hone in on the people that we truly want to be, helps us figure out the community we want to be a part of. You know, um, for a while, I was doing a lot of, like, cultural and societal uh, practices, thinking that I had to, to do it. And in recovery, I realized if I'm not going to be drunk, I'm also not going to be pretending <laughs> that I'm okay with certain things, right? I have to live in my authenticity. Um, yeah, and I'll end it there. I'll end it there. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll wrap it up, too. You said a lot of great things. And, and as, 
again, like you said, we we going trying to go in on people and things like that and keep it keep it clean. We've been going for a little bit. We back. We don't want to come back and just start disrupting things. But the other thing too is uh, I was watching the I watch a lot of documentaries. I'm into documentaries, creating documentaries, all of that stuff like that. So I definitely watch them. And the the one about the well, there's multiple ones, but anyway, one about like oxy oxycontin and the one thing about it if you were to think that hey this is this bad thing that's supposed to happen to you and all of this stuff like a lot of the people who got hooked on them in this uh true true story was because of pain so you mean that like i injured my back and then now i have to take this pain medication and now i have an addiction so what did I do to deserve that? Like, what did those people do to deserve that? Because it wasn't like they were set out on this path to do whatever. Now, sure, of course, once they felt this pull on them, they could have maybe tried to pull back. But, I mean, the one guy, he got injured. The one girl was in high school. She had an injury from uh, sports, volleyball, and she ends up, you know, ODing and all these things like that. Sorry, should have said trigger warning. But at the end of the day, things like that. So, again, it's like, God, you know, I pray to never be in a situation where that becomes my struggle. I pray that my family never has to experience those things. And if we do, I pray that you give me the strength to overcome that and the the discipline and the support. And so it, it is, it's just, a, it's just a, it's, I don't think it can be, I don't think it can be linear and just cut, cut and dry because some people, I mean, I, I don't know the studies in terms of um, hereditary addiction, things like that run in my family. So I don't know if that's, um, like a biopsychosocial thing where this is just kind of where we are or it's so much you can get into. But as far as thinking that it's a, it's a bad thing that happened to you for whatever reason, like a punishment is what I'm trying to say. And all of those things, again, I think that just bad things are going to happen. People are going to, and, and I don't even know to say like mental health, mental illness, a lot of those things, a lot of things are just so compounded. That is may not just it's just like like you can have depression and be an addict. You can have you can be schizophrenic and be an addict. I know someone that's a schizophrenic addict, and so it, which is I mean that's a that's that's like really sad. But it's just like it's so mixed up in that I don't know that you can have a straightforward. So I do believe though that, and I will say this. I do believe that prayer can help all of those things. Can help them. But I also think we have to be open to what it because what is the answer? What does the prayer answer look like? So somebody, the prayer answer could be, I just don't drink all the time. Like maybe I have some they have somehow been able to cut back. Someone is like the prayer's never been answered because I still have this desire, even though they're sober. What if somebody is sober for like 10 years, but they still have that desire? They may not feel like they may not feel like their prayer was answered because they still feel like this. They got to fight every single day to not do that. So I don't know. I think it can just be get real complicated. And girl, you said a thing. You said a mother effing thing because it's like, yeah, you want to said a thing. You said two things. You want to criminalize the addiction. But we know oftentimes it's not just the addiction. It's another it's another factor. It's another experience. It's another condition that is bringing on the It's another thing that's that's making us want to escape the addiction. So you want to demonize 
demonize, whatever. You want to demonize the addiction, but you don't want to demonize the thing that's make that's created the addiction. You don't want to demonize the childhood abuse. You don't want to demonize the depression. You don't want to demonize anxiety. You don't want to demonize the bullying. You don't want to demonize the the religious trauma. That's out of here. But you want to demonize the addiction. And say, and the solution that you want to give me is just to pray it away? No. Honey, you need more than prayer. Um, if you're listening to this, honey, if you've been praying, and if you've been struggling, and if you've been feeling like it hasn't been working, and I, and let me say something. This, you know, we're, we're multifaceted people. So maybe not so much an addiction, but I've been struggling in other parts of my life <laughs> when i think how this venus retrograde has been dragging me by my edges like if, if i put a clip up on instagram you might be able to see my edges <laughs> you might be able to see my edges this venus retrograde has been pulling me by my edges and you know two weeks ago i had to check the fuck out i didn't go to work for a week i had to tell um other co-hosts to host meetings you know for the meetings i would have to host and I have I soaked, I cried a lot, but then I had to call my therapist. <laughs> I had to create a routine. I had to figure out what it is that I needed to do to get out myself out of this hump. Like I will give myself time to cry and soak because what was happening was not fair for me. Even though now I realize why I was going through what I was going through, and I realized whatever everything that happened. And I mean, I said these souls ain't shit, but whatever. I, you know, I got through it. <laughs> That's gonna be next month. <laughs> next month. <laughs> like I got through it, but I had to create solutions. Like I'm, like you know what I mean. I can't just pray and man. I can't just pray and put it on my manifestation wall. Like I just <laughs> praying was a part of it. Like every morning I get up and I do pray. I pray to my higher self. I pray to God. I do pray to Source. I pray to like literally my ancestors. I need all the help I can get to make it through this day. To not overthink. To not break down. To not regress right to progress but i also know that i had to create an action plan i need to create some tangible steps to get through what i was going through so if you are struggling not only with your not only with addiction or sobriety but anything if you're struggling um if you're struggling i don't know I don't want to, I'm going to say heartbreak. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a cancer. I'm going to say if you're struggling with heartbreak, if you're struggling with disappointment, maybe job loss. I don't, I don't know. What, what do people struggle with? When you go through heartbreak, sometimes like all your, your head is just with the heartbreak and you can't see anything. Else. You're like, wait, what else do people struggle with? You struggle with <laughs> heartbreak, is, heartbreak is crazy. I was talking to somebody about it the other day. I was like, man. Oh, um. <laughs> this girl, I saw somebody post it. I saved it on my phone. It was just like, basically, like, girl, I was, oh man, it's about being broken up with. I gotta find it. Keep, keep talking. I'm. A, it's, it's not. It's probably not gonna be that funny. But it was funny to me because I know how bad uh, heartbreak can be. And it was. And so then people were in the comments just talking about like, oh, here it goes. <laughs> it says, I remember I got my heart my heart broken so bad I had to drink insurance because I couldn't eat. <laughs> yeah. People was in the comments like me too, bro. I had to take sleeping pills before. 
I was like, I was up for a man long. My mom was like, you need it. I'm like, I can't, I can't sleep. Like my stomach is telling me like, I'm just sick. <laughs> and okay, seriously, okay, no, we want to end. Okay, two things. I want to say because I still wanted to say something about what you said earlier. You said something to the effect of like generational. I'm about to get back to this heartbreak thing because ain't no, ain't no, ain't nobody broke my heart in that. I broke my own heart, and I'm about to tell you guys how. I'm, I'm gonna run it down a little bit. But anyways, before I get to that story, um, but these hosts don't ain't shit. But anyways, let me just hold on before I get into that story. Uh, I wanted you said something about like generational, and I'm just like. Addiction, okay, think about it, especially in black families, especially in our families where, like, we know that even enslaved Africans were, were experienced addiction. Like, we we just found out that. We didn't even know that, like, our ancestors experienced addiction, that they were they were given alcohol to keep them docile, to keep them meek. Like, that was something, like, I mean, that's been public knowledge, but I know I didn't know that until, like, two, three years ago when I found out that Frederick Douglass experienced addiction. And I was like, wait, what? And then you found out about all these lodges that was in Philadelphia and in Brooklyn. So, for me, it's like, I always say that addiction does not run in my immediate family. But for those that it does, it's like, Addiction might have ran in your family, but the treatment running in your family, like did 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 the people who you did your grandfather go to treatment? Did their grandfather go to treatment? Like no. So of course it's gonna be generational. Well, from a lot of people, from what I hear, it's like no. So it makes sense that it would be generational if no one is putting a stop to it. If no one is being like, listen, this doesn't have to be your story. Like we can stop it right here. That when, especially, I feel like for us as Black people, when we say like addiction is generational, I just feel like mm, I feel like the fact that recovery isn't generational, it doesn't make me feel good to say like addiction is generational. If that makes sense, I don't know if that makes sense, but I just feel like we really didn't have a fighting chance of 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 recovering. So of course, addiction is going to be passed on, especially when we're so high functional when we see that our ancestors endured so much violence um addiction and we're still able to get up and 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 work violently against their will to raise their families how like that clearly that mindset has clearly been passed on to us so i don't know i i'm gonna end the thing i feel like i'm talking in circles i do i do feel and understand when people say that like you know in their family that addiction is generational I just want them to also assess whether the recovery was generational. And if not, to use that as motivation that they do have a fighting chance. That it can stop with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they can use, like, it doesn't, it can, literally can stop with them. Because I think a part of addiction is recovery. And for in a lot of our stories, the recovery part is missing. The help part is missing. The humanity part is missing. Um, hopefully that made sense. No, yeah, it made sense. It made a lot of sense. And I think that this episode, this conversation, is definitely going to help somebody. I don't know who, but it's going to help somebody because it was just like so many things that we said and just so many things unapologetically and just like the realness of life and the experiences. And listen, this is our opinions. Like, have your own. Apply it where it does or doesn't fit. but. If it does apply to you, like we're just going to keep praying for you. And when I say that, I mean, because I, I definitely do pray every day for the brokenhearted. And uh-huh. 
anything else. Yeah, I would just say I just pray for the brokenhearted. I just pray for people who are dealing with things that they don't have the the voice or the words to say. I think those battles that we go through at night, things that we can't say to anyone and we haven't yet, those are the things that I always pray for because I feel like obviously those are people who need to have someone somewhere in this world praying on their behalf and you know I'm that person for them. So we definitely want to keep you guys lifted up and just know that you can overcome, keep persevering on this journey. Katie, I don't know what else you have to say, but I'm I'm good. Yo, my my um Apple Watch is like letting me know that my my heart rate is like to the move. It's so funny. Mind your business. Um, the last thing I wanted to say because I do want to I do want to share with you. First of all, I want you to end. Can you end this, this episode with a prayer? <laughs> I don't think that's too much to ask. I feel like before, yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. So let me tell you what my Venus, my Venus, uh, retrograde lesson clarity was. Okay, or is that I I realized. So I literally broke my own heart. Like, and it just ties back to this lesson that I'm always revisiting and trying to, I guess it's it's always going to be a test, but I just feel like this test was packaged in a different way. It was packaged in a different way. And long story short, I just realized that, like, wow, I like mean people. But I don't, I'm naturally attracted to mean people. Mm. And that is like, that is nuts. Like, it's nuts. It's nuts. And um, long story short, long story short, I was dating someone. And I realized, I'm like, this person is so mean. Like, doesn't compliment me when we go out. Like, just mean as hell. Mean as hell. And when I was assessing, like, why is this person so freak? Like, I don't even know. Like, you pursued me. Like, what the hell do you want? Like, you came in my bubble. I didn't come in your bubble. And um, I realized that before we even started talking, they were mean to me. Like, they were hella mean. I'm like, so why would I even pursue this? And just, I was just really, really sad that, like, I thought I found someone I like but it's like no I there's no possible way I could why would I ever like someone like this like this person is just not my person so even though it was very short-lived I was just grieving because it was just like wow like this was just another revelation of something that I have to like overcome of just like why are you attracted to to these type of people Mm. and it was even reinforced again like two nights ago, Jay, when I tell you, you cannot make this up, I was watching something of this rapper, something Mena, Mensa, no, not Mensa. This rapper, he's like black, he has a gap. He's like, don't ask me, I, you know, I don't know. Okay, anyways, and he's like, he's funny. He's really, really, really funny, but he's kind of mean too. And let me tell you how. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how. Like the universe was just like, bingo, 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 like flashing lights. He's, I'm watching like mad clips of him because I just saw one clip. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's funny, he's cute, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, but he's kind of he has like that mean th- that mean thing to him, right? That like mean streak to him. And then in one of his um interviews that I was watching, the interviewer goes, "Are you dating?" And he's like, "Yeah, but I'm kind of, but you know, I'm dating, but I'm not gonna lie, I'm mean to the girls." And it's just like, Katie, again, you are attracted to mean people. What? <clears throat> Like, that was, like, the ultimate sign from the universe that I like mean people. And it's, like, now this is something that I have to figure out because what the hell? So it was just so sad to me because it's, like, from the get-go, I shouldn't have gotten to know this person because she was never nice to me. And it's, like, why would I even 
pursue someone who's just so mean. So when you pray for the broken heart, it pray for me. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's tough. That's a tough realization, but I'm glad that you realized it before it got in too too deep. So now you know what to kind of look out for. And immediately you almost fell back in with that rapper. Uh <laughs> like, your eyes open. You need to just start going to the people like, are you mean? You seem a little you having a bad day or is this really who you are? <laughs> and just kind of crazy you get something to explore in in terms of a lot of things so for example like you know i know a little bit about you know your childhood and just kind of how some of those things were and that that is a personality that maybe you were the most comfortable with and just kind of like around in terms of that for me i am such a person that just i have codependency stuff like i, I just want to like take care of people like i just it's like i always am just like oh yeah like i can like make sure that this is good and this is good and this is good and I had a lot of things that um, weren't like really in control when I was younger and stuff like that so like if a person presents in that way where I can like help you and take care of you like it's going to feel so like good for me mm. where somebody that doesn't seem as much like that I probably like there always was some like crazy like story or I don't know like something and uh you know stuff like that so i think it just to, to explore like the personalities that we have been around and sometimes mm -hmm. like, you know we do date our parents and we do date our circumstances oh yeah mm. i mean i think for me more I, I think i dated more of my circumstance than my actual like parents but i do think that that is a a, a thing to really look at like the pattern and why that feels good to you or why that's what's most comfortable because if you were with somebody that was super super nice it probably would like feel weird you probably be like i don't know i don't mm -mm. So hey, they just <laughs> that's why i'm like how many connections have i missed on because somebody probably was too nice to me and i'm thinking i'm my friends always says my friends always say like hey do you call everyone a cornball and i'm like i really do call people a cornball <laughs> like but are they really being a cornball are they just being nice Jesus yeah. Christ, can I get a break? Uh, you, you for sure called me a cornball. I'm going to just tell you. <laughs> you think Goodbye. me. Go back to that. You just like, you like, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That, that's I true, though. I, listen, you seem to be bouncing back, so that's good. Um, don't let nobody steal your joy. You better adjust your crown and remember who you are. Well, yeah, I mean, the person is blocking everything. I'm just so over it. So over it. And then when you block them, go say a prayer. Because then when you block them, and then they're like, what they do wrong? And it's like, yeah, I mean, I should have communicated. But you know what? I'm just, I just need to work on myself. I just feel like I just need to work on myself. Like, I don't even, now that I see that this is a, a pattern, like, I need to figure this out. I don't even need to be in a relationship right now. I'm so sorry. I need to be by my mother effing self. Um, but if you're nice and you're cute, um, yeah, my eyes. I'm joking. Slide in your DMs. Slide in your DMs. Jay, close that with a prayer. <laughs> your DMs are open. Derek got keep Katie's DMs open. <laughs> Allow her to see the nice people in the world with the heart emojis and the heart eyes. And not that mean red face or that side eye looking one that gets everybody caught up. I'm dead. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Oh my God, that's the prayer. 
that's the prayer. <laughs> Let the church say amen. Amen. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Bye. <laughs>